Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and you can watch us on ESPN too, which you can also see Keyshawn Johnson attending, uh, attempting to dance on uh, Dancing with the Stars. I had no idea he lost to Bill Nye the Science Guy. That's amazing. I uh, forgot that. Wild uh, ESPN Dancing with the Stars ties because he was on that show, Victoria Arlen, that uh, mm-hmm. we were on with yesterday uh, on First Take. She was on that show, and uh, I played that show twice with the band. Like we, oh, you we, did? Yeah, we played Dancing with the Stars twice. Look at so, that, look ESPN at that. Got takeover. Got a whole ESPN da- Dancing with the Stars takeover. Don't ask me to dance. So I we also have a that. takeover here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. That is Jason Fitz. I am Amber Wilson. We, of course, are filling in for the guys today. We are presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We are also live sitting at our Seaport Studios in New York City. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from Seaport, which is brought to you by Grey Goose. Also, we've got live action tonight in the NFL. Thursday night football, Jason, week 17, gives us the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. The Cowboys feeling good about themselves after that win over the Philadelphia Eagles. The Titans probably not feeling very good about themselves right now in a five-game skid. Nothing matters tonight. For Tennessee, ain't got nothing to gain if they win this game. And because of that, I'm pretty sure we're about to see everybody sitting. Uh, guys like uh, even Derrick Henry are, you know, listed as like you know, questionable. for t- He ain't playing. None of their stars are playing. And, and this is kind of wild because the game is in Nashville. So mm-hmm. it's a home game for the Titans. But it means nothing for anyone that hasn't looked at the standings because of the way the tiebreakers work. For the Jags and the Titans, for both teams, no matter what happens this weekend, that division will come down to next weekend when the two teams play for the division title. So you got a Thursday night game on a short week against a team that has a defense that it could absolutely destroy that offensive line with a young quarterback in Malik Willis that, that barely knows what he's doing in the NFL. I don't know if I'm the Titans organization, to your point, that I don't just look around to everybody and be like, hey, we'll get him next week. Like, mm-hmm. take a week, sit in your ice baths, let's get, you, let's get your bodies healthy. We're going to need Derrick Henry to run the ball 47 times in the season finale. Let's wait for that. Yeah, I mean, use it as an opportunity maybe for some of your more developmental pieces and obviously with Malik under center for the Titans. But if I'm the Titans, I'm not doing anything that matters here. I'm not risking any sort of injury to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, 100-plus uh, rush yards and rushing t- touchdown in in each of the last three games, that is the longest streak in the NFL this season. Derrick Henry hasn't lost a step, which I was surprised by because of the injuries last season and what we see typically with a decline at that position. Derrick Henry's still been great for the Titans, even though nothing else about the Titans recently has been great. If I'm the Titans, I'm taking a little time here to reset, even though you're going against a very good Cowboys team. And that is a very good Cowboys defense. You don't want to risk injury. I mean, it should be a very good Cowboys defense. I have my questions, frankly, about that Cowboys defense, Fitz, because we are talking about a defense that hasn't had the pass rush at times that we certainly expected it to, that has had problems with that run defense. So I do think that Cowboys defense actually has some concerns as we head into a postseason. But when you look at the names on that defense, on that roster, if I'm the Titans, I want nothing to do with it in a game that doesn't matter to me at all. Yeah, the, the Cowboys' identity is one of aggressiveness on the de- defensive side of the ball. And that doesn't matter if we're talking about the way they attack as a defensive line or the way their secondary covers. They are an aggressive team defensively. And I think experienced quarterbacks can take advantage of some of that. We talked a lot about it over the last couple of days with some of the moments that, you know, double moves were able to get around some of that secondary. 
Malik Willis isn't that guy right now, you know, and they don't have the wide receivers in the room to be those guys either. So your method, if you're the Titans, is we're going to go out and try and, and, and pound the rock, right? But if you're the Cowboys, like, I just wonder, you're coming a couple of days off of a huge win. You're taking on a team that's in an absolute free-for-all. Like, we talk about this in college football all the time. I know nobody overlooks anybody in the NFL. I just wouldn't be stunned to see sort of a flat effort from the Cowboys tonight because it is a short week, and you are coming off of such a emotion. Now, I think the Cowboys still beat the Titans even with a flat effort. The Titans have free-fallen that hard. But, you know, the, there is one way that the, the Titans can try and win this football game, and that is to run Derrick Henry so much that the Titans can somehow wear down the Cowboys. I just – I don't know how they're going to stop the Cowboys. I, this just feels like a matchup nightmare. The only way the Cowboys lose is if they beat themselves. Matchup nightmare. I mean, is it a nightmare really, though, for the Titans? Because, again, like this means nothing to yeah. them. And so if you're the Tennessee Titans, you're kind of thinking of this, like you said, as maybe a bye week sort of opportunity, at least when it comes to your big name players. If you're the Cowboys, you have a real opportunity here to go out and look real showy. And for Dak Prescott to go out and all of a sudden try to quiet some of that noise as we head into a postseason with a very good Cowboys team. But when you've got that star in your helmet, you're going to be under scrutiny at all times and that's certainly what has happened to Dak this season what has happened to the Cowboys generally the Titans enter this one I mentioned with that five game losing streak they haven't lost six consecutive games within a season since 2015 I don't think that matters to them at all the Titans are just trying to get healthy for a postseason they don't need this game so they're going to overlook this one let me ask you a Titans question here because you know there's a there's a theory around people that cover the team John Robinson was the GM, and John Robinson, the GM, was fired a few weeks ago after they got just destroyed by Philly. And everything's uh, fallen. Yeah. I mean, they've fallen off a cliff since then. Do you believe that a locker room would be affected by the messaging from ownership of essentially going to the GM and saying, you built a bad roster? Because there are certainly people that cover the team that think that that sent a message to the locker room that nobody believes in them, that they're not talented enough, and now there's a divide behind closed doors that simply can't be fixed. I have a hard time buying that. Me too. But I, I but I, I understand what we're doing there because you're talking about a respected GM and then it you can't deny the timing. It's like he gets fired and then all of a sudden the Titans look like a very different team. I just have a hard time with the concept that the GM is that integral, integral I can't say that word. You know what in, I mean. Integrally. Integral. Yeah. integral. Is, that, is that tied in to, to everything that they're doing? There you go. Or yeah. closely related. Yeah. Let's just go with that. I, I have a hard time imagining the GM is that closely related to the locker room, frankly. Uh, well, uh, I think there might be other problems inside that locker room, but I have a hard time believing that that locker room looks at a GM's future and, and his firing with the team and thinks that automatically means they don't believe in me. Now, yes, overall, you don't love the job that he's done if you're getting rid of the GM but each individual player would kind of have to be worrying about oh well you know he signed off on me so this is a me thing so now I'm going to go out and play poorly I have a hard time making that correlation well especially because Mike Vrabel the head coach of the Titans seems like he's very beloved by the players that have played for him in that locker room so you know I I would argue that Vrabel in this entire process is getting more and more equity right but if you're the Titans you got to figure some things out I mean we've spent all morning talking about what the future looks like for Derek Carr, the quarterback position. The Titans have their own issues to figure out. Ryan Tannehill, obviously not playing because of health. He was not benched for anyone not paying attention. He, he's injured. But they need to figure out if they've got a guy because certainly Tannehill has put some bad tape uh, out there for the world in the playoffs. They, they, they've got to figure out how to rebuild their roster. Do they have a quarterback that they like? Is Malik Willis, who was drafted in the third round, I think off the top of my head, might have been fourth round, but uh, you know they, they passed on him multiple times before they drafted him. Like, is Malik Willis really an answer? Like, the Titans have 
more questions than answers for a team that last year was the number one seed in the AFC. Right. I mean, we're accustomed to seeing the Titans in recent memory as the number one seed in the AFC. I thought that it wasn't going to go well for the Titans because I figured their window had closed because largely of the health of Derrick Henry. And a Ryan Tannehill-type quarterback needs that help in the backfield. He needs to be on the perfect team with the perfect weapons in order to have the success because he's more of a game-managing, play-action kind of quarterback. But the way that things have gone with Derrick Henry shows me, hey, maybe the window isn't closed. And so if you're the Titans, you had to find a way to capitalize on that. You haven't been able to capitalize on that here through the second half of this season. I don't know if Ryan Tannehill is the answer moving forward because Ryan Tannehill's contract is a whole lot easier to move on from now after this season. So that's my guess of why they also took a project in Malik Willis. They're giving him some time here. It's an opportunity. It's certainly an opportunity tonight for Malik against this Dallas Cowboys team, against this Dallas Cowboys defense. I mean, if Malik Willis goes out and beats this Dallas Cowboys team, then. Oh, Titans fans are ready to blow up over Malik Willis. But yeah. you're 1,000% you're right. This is all about Derrick Henry. By the way, quickly over the last few games, uh, 5.5, 5, 7.1. What are those? That's the y- yards per rush for him for Derrick Henry over the last three games. That's substantially different than for four weeks in a row where it was right under three yards a rush. Like, mm-hmm. it has changed in the last month. He is running the football really effectively. they got to hope and pray that he can run the football effectively tonight. I don't know if he's going to be out there tonight, though. Yeah. So, uh, they I may put him in an ice bath. the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not playing him if I'm the Tennessee Titans. Coming up next, should we still be afraid of Brady and Rodgers in the playoffs? This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Amber Wilson, and Jason Fitz filling in for the guys. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.
Got what you need because Jason Fitz is here with me filling in for the guys, Amber Wilson and Jason Fitz. We've also got what you need because, of course, we have some NFL postseason talk. And there's a couple quarterbacks out there. They're some of the greatest of their generation to ever do it. One of them probably the greatest of all time to ever do it. And they may be in a postseason. And yet I feel like nobody's talking about either of these guys in terms of how dangerous they might be in a postseason. And I'm talking about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Now, the Bucks right now sitting atop their division. If they beat the Panthers this weekend, then they're in. If they lose to the Panthers, then they need a little help from the Panthers losing a game. If they beat the Falcons and the Panthers lose, then they'd still get in. There's still some crazy way that even the Saints could end up clinching this division. That division is trash. Tom Brady chases trash divisions in his career, first with the AFC East for a couple decades. Now he's doing it with the NFC South. It's worked out very well for old Tom, Tom, always playing in the worst division in football. He finds himself in that situation. It seems like the Bucs are going to make a postseason, even though they've had a very rough season. Aaron Rodgers needs a lot more help than the Bucks to get into the postseason, but also his Packers can find themselves in the postseason as well. Uh, they have to win out. They need some help from the Commanders. They need some help from the Giants, but they can get in. And so if Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are in a postseason, should everybody be fearful, Jason Fitz? All right, Amber. Are you a big 80s rock fan by any chance? Like hair metal? We, we, we got any hair metal uh, love there? Um, um, I, I'm like, my 80s it, is like, my 80s music is like Journey. Okay, I have okay, a lot of okay. affection for, jur- for Journey. I've been to a Journey concert. Okay. Uh, like, it, it, I'm like, that's hair gonna, metal, right? I'm going to go with the Guns N' Roses analogy. <laughs> oh, I for do a like Guns N' Roses. Okay. When I was a kid. ACDC. Going to Guns N' Roses when I was a kid was a like, that was a big deal. Like, if you got tickets to Guns N' Roses, you were going to stop and be like, look, I got tickets. Gets the Guns N' Roses. You would do anything to go see Axel and Slash, right? Like you wanted to go see that. Now I watch Slash on repeatedly on Geico commercials, where, like, frankly, a, a ten-year-old kid can play that guitar part better than he does his own guitar part. He's really? just lost it. It's just not there anymore. And the reason I didn't go he's, see he's them uh, playing on those Geico commercials. Uh, oh yeah, and it's it's dreadful. <laughs> like no other person would shadow play that and 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 be proud of it. And then like a couple of years ago when they were touring stadiums and everybody's like, "You're gonna go see?" Because like I was a big Guns N' Roses fan. So I was like, "No, I don't need Fat Axel." Like there's just a, a certain version of Axel Rose. Like I like skinny Axel running around in the leather pants being Axel Rose. I don't need fat old can't sing anymore. Axel Rose in the in the leather pants. It's just not for me, right? So, like, I can respect. Crowd, I can the respect way. the greatness of what Guns N' Roses was to me as a kid. I can respect the legend status of what they were to me as a kid. I can respect all of that, and then look at the current version and be like, "No, nah, I'm good." That's where I am with Tom Brady and the pack and, and the Buccaneers and the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. It's not that those individual quarterbacks aren't still capable of good things. I think individually they are. They are on bad football teams, and like so, at some point, if we just erased the jerseys, would we even be talking about, like you mentioned that there's a crazy scenario that gets the Saints in. I would argue that the Bucks aren't any better than the Panthers. They aren't any better than the Saints, and they deserve the same amount of disrespect we're giving those two trash football teams. It's just they got a guy named Brady, so we presume that a he can be super- Brady. Yeah, but like just because you're usually Superman doesn't mean that you can do that forever. Like there, there's just there's a point where the lift is too much. Like this is this is Sylvester Stallone trying to be Rocky, and it's like it's not as it's not as good to watch as it was once. The problem with your analogy is that we're like 30, 35 years removed from the height of Guns N' Roses, right? Uh, NFL year is, is worth 30 we're years. We're like so. two years removed from still the height of Brady, you know? I, I mean, that's what's crazy about what we're talking about. We're not even a year removed from the height of Aaron Rodgers where he's out here winning 
winning multiple back-to-back MVPs. So we're just not so far removed with either of those guys from their greatness to say, yes, they've got no chance here in a postseason. Tom Brady has had a very difficult season. We are talking, though, about the greatest quarterback of all time. We've seen what he can do when his back is against the wall. Aaron Rodgers has a little bit of that as well here in these last few games. When the back is against the wall, you get a different player, and that's what you're going to get from both of those guys in the playoffs. And it's something that we see with aging athletes. Like, aging athletes, I mean, we're even seeing it now with LeBron, right? So you can attribute this to other sports as well. With aging athletes, they put up that effort when they have to, right? Like the young guys can do it all game long. The aging guys need that extra motivation in order to get out there and exude that effort. And it feels like that with Rodgers and Brady's, but playoffs, that's motivation. Yeah, but but what good does that do? In, in Aaron Rodgers' case, even if you are playing at an MVP level, what good does it do you if the guys around you can't support you at a level to win a playoff game? Like, if you are talking about a playoff matchup, as good as Aaron Rodgers can be, the rest of the receivers still have to be on the same page. They still have to read and understand this offense at a higher level. The offensive line has to play incredibly well against what will be a better football team. Like, right now, do I think that Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers are at all dangerous against a team like the 49ers? The answer is no. I think the 49ers would take both of those teams behind the woodshed and embarrass them. And and like and that's okay. That doesn't mean that Brady hasn't had a great career, that Rodgers hasn't had a great career. I just feel like as a general sports community we're so desperate to hang on to these generational superstars when frankly I don't like I'm looking at it saying you know what I want I want to watch great teams go out and play great team football and and this year we have started to see teams playing incredibly well I just don't think you can you can ask anymore for Tom Brady to go out and simply be Tom Brady and that means that the other 52 players around him can't be as good the other 52 have to step up I don't believe the other 52 on that roster can step up to the point that Brady can win a playoff game against good opponents I do agree with you that there's problems on that roster It's those other 52 that I think, frankly, have been the problem. I mean, not that this has been Tom Brady's best season by any means. There are efficiency problems here when you pull the numbers. But again, if you pull the numbers in terms of Tom Brady's career, when you're talking passing yards and you're talking touchdowns, like this isn't so far off from his numbers that we've seen from even him in New England before. He can still be that guy also in clutch moments. We've seen it this season. I do think that this Tampa Bay Bucks team has some problems. That running game has been a huge problem because that would be very helpful to Tom to have have at 45 years old that Bucks defense hasn't been as good as we thought and frankly I have questions at, at uh, for Todd Bowles as a head coach I feel like he's gotten a pass this season when it's obvious that they've taken a step back since they made a coaching change and I don't know why none of us are talking about it. he's certainly not getting the sort of criticism that a Josh McDaniels or a Nathaniel Hackett has gotten Tom Brady covers a lot of that up I think that's being overlooked I think Tom is better this season than people realize Tom is Aaron Rodgers also now starting to play a lot better this season. Aaron Rodgers through the first half of the season looked awful and we know about all the chemistry concerns there with his receivers but he has even started to figure that out. Now I don't know if Christian Watson's about to be available to to them this week because he suffered a hip injury against the Dolphins but he started to develop that chemistry with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Alan Lazard and the vets also on that roster. Things have been clicking better for the Green Bay Packers, despite what I argued earlier in the show about them losing to the Vikings. I mean, <laughs> the Bucks needed overtime to beat the Cardinals with Trace McSorley last week. Like, that's not good enough. And, and I don't disagree with you that uh, if the question is, if the question being posed is individually, are Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady dangerous in the playoffs? Of course the answer to that is yes. But football is not played individually. 
And, you know, Harry, uh, my, my future co-host for Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, uh, which you can check out noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio starting January 3rd. Uh, Harry is an, an elite athlete. And if I was going to go play flag football somewhere and I had Harry on my team and I'm looking around saying, you know what, I got, I, I got this flag football team and Harry's going to be my wide receiver. I know I got the best wide We walk up to the park. I got the best wide receiver in the world. That's cool. But if I'm his quarterback, we're still not going to win that game because I throw the ball like four yards and it hits the ground. Like it takes a team to win effectively in the NFL. The Buccaneers team is not good enough. The Packers team is not good enough. Their team's cannot be dangerous because no matter how good their quarterback is, the rest of the foundation is not solid enough to compete. And we're talking about a 7-8 and eight Bucks team that hasn't even clearly won the worst division we've seen in football in ages. And, like, we're, we're trying to find a, well, you know, it's still Brady. All right, well, when Brady, if Brady is to lose this weekend and, and the, the Panthers win out, are we going to talk about the Panthers the same way we're talking? Because the Panthers are a bad football team that's not good enough to be a playoff team. The Bucks are a bad football team that's not good enough to be a playoff team. They just happen to have a good quarterback. So I, I got nothing but respect with, for Brady and Rodgers, but I have absolutely no fear of the Packers or the Buccaneers in a playoff game. I do think that when you're talking about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers not being at the very height of their career anymore, then it's reasonable to suggest, like, hey, they need that team around them. And obviously, like you said, we can be critical of the team around these guys. But with the names that you have there with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, again, we're not so far removed from them being so great that can't you believe that they can kind of elevate the guys around them when we're talking about a postseason. Again, there's that extra motivation with the postseason, and these are guys who were elevators. You and I talked about it, the game-managing quarterback, which most quarterbacks are, versus the quarterback that can elevate everybody around them. I'm not saying that Tom Brady is Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying that he's got that kind of stuff left in the tank in his mid-40s. But again, it just feels like there's a difference maybe here between the regular season and the postseason when you find those two guys with those names in a postseason. If I had to, to the I, I don't know that I would say elevate, but if I had to say there was one that has a better opportunity to me, it's probably Aaron Rodgers because he can go off schedule so much that he can run around and buy time until things get fixed, right? And, and, and in the playoffs, you're going to have to be able to improvise because I don't think the rest of it can stay on schedule. The, the Buccaneers off. Offense has just the Buccaneers as a team have not been impressive enough. But I mean, like I said, they they win a 1916 game over the Bucks. They they lose a they lose what a, the week before that to the Bengals. They put up 23 points. The last time they played the 49ers a couple weeks ago, they lost 35 to seven. You, we were just talking about the Saints and how it's an it's a absolute it's a joke mm-hmm. that they're in contention to win the division. The Bucks beat them by one less than a month ago. Like. Uh, there is this moment here where we're talking about the Bucs differently because of Tom Brady. And I understand that your legacy affords you that opportunity. Right. But I don't care about the legacy at some point when you are asking somebody to lift as much as they would have to lift in the playoffs to be competitive. Like the Buccaneers to make noise in the playoffs would have to be better, like flat out better than a team like San Francisco. And they just aren't they won't be they can't be I don't think I don't think the Packers can be even competitive with I mean, a team it, like San Francisco it's amazing that we're talking about a San Francisco San Francisco team led by Mr. Irrelevant 
being so much better than the team that Tom Brady's on that there's nothing Tom Brady can do if that's the matchup. That is unbelievable. And, and this, but this is the thing I keep saying, and, and I've said this a million times this year, but I, I will credit Dan Orlovsky every time. I was sitting in the calf at ESPN at the beginning of the season, a month in, and we were wrong about so many teams. Dan was walking by, and I said, Dan, educate me. Why are we so wrong about so many teams this year? And without hesitation, Orlovsky looked at me and he said, because we focus too much on the quarterbacks without remembering that there are 21 other players that start in every single game. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, if the 49ers took on Tom Brady in the first round of the playoffs, we would make it about Brock Purdy versus Tom Brady. The reason that, the, there would, they, that they don't stand a chance in that game is because it's not Brock Purdy versus Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady versus a defense that is fully capable of shutting him down. But it's also Brock Purdy against that Tampa Bay defense. Now, I, mean, I that understand Tampa Bay Brock Purdy defense. and Kyle Shanahan's system has looked pretty good, and apparently anybody can execute that system. And this isn't a knock on Brock Purdy, but, like, what are we doing? It just seems like you can slot anybody in there under center. Either that or we're terrible at evaluating talent coming into the or out of the draft I right because no. that's the other that's the other option here if it's Brock Purdy going to be the next Tom Brady you know it'd be even more improbable than the fifth round for Tom Brady they gave it's up 16 believe. points to Trace McSorley like but if they is, gave up Trace McSorley, like if Trace McSorley can go off 24 45 or 217 with one pick James Conner who's a, a nice running back 15 uh, 15 rushes for 79 yards 5.3 yards a, a carry one touchdown if they did that, if James Conner and Trace McSorley did that, Regular then what can, what can Brock Purdy and, I don't know, Christian McCaffrey do to that? Like, that's the wild part of it. Like, a, a lesser, a much lesser talented team in the Cardinals gave them everything they can handle because we are asking Tom Brady to be superhuman. And I just, like, it, it's never that simple. It, it, just, I, it can't be that simple. If, if Tom Brady can go out and make noise in the playoffs, then everything about building a roster and everything about a regular season no longer matters. And that is the NBA that is not the NFL. Well, from two vets that might make noise in the playoffs to one that ain't going to, uh, for your team, Jason Fitz. Coming up next here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, what does Derek Carr's benching mean for Devontae Adams' future in Las Vegas? Jason Fitz and Amber Wilson filling in for the guys today. We are live from the Seaport Studios in New York City. You can check us out on ESPN2. And, of course, if you're doing that, then you see Damian Woody because ESPN's NFL analyst is joining us on set here in New York. What's up, Damian? Thanks for coming by. Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? How you doing, man? I mean, yeah, yeah, well, I, I kinda... my team doesn't have a quarterback anymore. Woody, how do you think I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, and what do you make of that? I mean, Derek Carr shut down now for the season. Ain't showing up to the facility feels like this is a divorce between the Raiders and Derek Carr. Uh, Jason Fitz, obviously, with the appropriate hoodie today. Mm -hmm. He's sad. What do you make of this situation? Well, listen, I think there's a couple things to think about here. Number one, you know, when you think about Derek Carr, and I kind of look at it from a player's perspective, the number one goal you have is, okay, how do you get to the playoffs? By winning your division. And when you stack up Derek Carr, I think sometimes the organization probably think, can this guy help us beat Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in our division? That's got to be the number one thing. Is this guy good enough to help us beat Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in, in, the, uh, in the AFC West? I think the organization, basically, they've already declared that he's not the guy. He's not the guy that's going to help us to beat those guys to win the division. And so now you've seen the Raiders make a move. I don't know if it's necessarily the right move, but they made a move that they felt like would help them try to, you know, maybe bolster the team, take the money and, and and build up other areas of the team, maybe get another quarterback that has more upside than Derek Carr. 
that might be the play here. But I think in the in the immediate term, there's not many quarterbacks out there that's probably you know that you could get that we bet that be better than Derek Carr right now. There's not many that that's not many good quarterbacks in the National Football League. Hell, I was in a meeting just now where we probably named ten good quarterbacks in the National Football League. Everyone else is average to below average. That's that's the that's the fact of, of what we the quarterback played in the National Football League. That, well, which, by the way, Woody, is what scares me. It's not that I think De- that, that Derek Carr is competitive with Patrick Mahomes on an individual basis. It's that I've seen Jamarcus Russell, right? So, like, right. I, I've seen what the other side of this looks like. So, I'm going to make you the GM of whatever team you want. Derek Carr's out in the open market. Do you think he can win you a Super Bowl? Uh, depending on the team, absolutely. I mean, I, I'll give you a team right here in the New York market. Ask Jess if they could use a Derek Carr. For their team, the way their team is built. They got top five defense. They got weapons on offense. Their problem has been quarterback play, inconsistent quarterback play. You think you think if, if the Jets had a Derek Carr that they wouldn't already probably secure the playoff spot right now? Probably. Derek Carr is going to have a market. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's absolutely no question, out there, no question about that. There's too many teams out there that has question marks at the quarterback position. There's a lot of teams with question marks at the quarterback position. No easy answer. Derek Carr is certainly going to be coveted. When you're talking about the New York Jets, in that scenario, if they're bringing in a Derek Carr, are they just benching Zach Wilson, maybe an opportunity there to learn from the vet in Derek Carr, or do you think then they're moving on from Zach Wilson in that scenario? Uh, that, that's, that scenario? That scenario that you talk about could play itself out. I mean, he is a number two overall pick. You know, you, you got him on a rookie deal. Um, you know, I don't know what type of deal you, you know, if that scenario were to play itself out, I don't know what type of deal you would sign Derek Carr to, but you know, it would be an opportunity for, for Zach Wilson to sit down and learn from the vet. I think that's probably what the Jets are going to do anyway, is bring in a vet, have Zach Wilson probably learn from, from some veteran presence there in in the hopes of kind of restarting his career and getting his, getting his confidence back. So now the car is in this conversation it immediately leads me to another quarterback that's in the conversation for everybody, and that's Jimmy G, right? Like, how if you had the choice, you're, again, for the Jets, we'll say, between a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Derek Carr, who would you take? Probably take Derek Carr because the one thing would – you know, the, the number one thing that I look at between the two is availability. Like, J- Jimmy G's been hurt. He's been hurt a lot. So, you, you don't do me any good when you're in the ice tub. I need guys that, that can be, that's going to be on the field and, and, and be available to play. So I would lean towards Derek Carr. Damian Woody, he is ESPN's NFL analyst. He is joining us here in studio on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Let's move on to another team in the Miami Dolphins. Tua mm-hmm. is in concussion protocol, second time this season. Seems like he's had his third concussion of the season, if we read between the lines. How much concern is there for Tua Tungavaloa's career moving forward, do you think, Damian? Hey, listen, personally, I'm concerned. You know, we always said that the NFL is a brotherhood, right? There's, it's a fraternity. There's only so many, so many of us that's played in the National Football League, and First and foremost, I'm always concerned about guys, you know, health and well-being. So you see Tua, I don't, you know, had two, three, you know, documented concussions this year. You never want to see that out of the play. And I've said, I've said it before. I said it on Twitter that I think the Miami Dolphins should shut him down the rest of the year, um, just out of out of his, you know, concern for his health. Um, but hopefully, Tua does what's in his best interest and understand that, you know, you still got a long way to go, even after the game of football, to think about. And I hope, hopefully all of that is in his calculus. You mentioned shut him down uh, tonight, Thursday night football. We got the Cowboys taking on the Titans. Mm. Titans have nothing to play for tonight. Nothing. And literally everything's on the line next week. I, I'm, I'm, you're the head coach. You're Mike Vrabel. Are you playing anybody tonight? Um, anyone of any importance, I'm not playing tonight. 
I'm not. Like, I, I want I want to make sure my guys are rested and healthy for a game that really, really counts and for all the marbles for the AFC South. So, you know, this should be a game that Dallas should come in and, and, and make a statement and, and continue to, you know, build some confidence. Um, but, but for the Tennessee Titans – there's really no reason for, like, all my guys to be playing tonight. It's an opportunity for the Cowboys, like you said, to build confidence. Maybe Dak to quiet some of the narrative that's always going to circle him when you're at that position with a star on your helmet as we head into a postseason. Do you have concerns for this Cowboys team, though, even defensively? They've looked good recently, but hasn't been the defense that we expected this season. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's the defense. You know, like, you can't consider yourself an elite defense. And we saw in back-to-back weeks against Jacksonville and the Philadelphia Eagles – where they put up a ton of points. You know, I think this Dallas defense, especially up front, they want to get after the quarterback, but you got to be able to earn the right to get after the quarterback. You got to be able to stop the run. That's been an Achilles heel for the Dallas Cowboys defense. So they have some things that they got to get fixed. They got a couple couple guys banged up, a couple guys out, particularly in the secondary. But Dallas got to – they got to tweak that defense if, if they want to make a make a run in the postseason. Uh, we buried the most important question. Uh, I I always ask you about the beautiful piano that's in your house. Did we <laughs> did we learn to play any Christmas carols over over? Not Christmas? yet. Oh, not right. yet. I've been I've been slacking, man. I've been so uh, I've been so occupied with with the kids and and making sure that that they're good. That I you know I forgot about myself and. and doing my thing as far as, uh, you know, learning to play different tunes. There couldn't be any polar opposite more than our hand size. So mm-hmm. I just imagine every time I sit down to play, because I got tiny hands, so playing the piano, sometimes I got to stretch. Every time I do that, I think of Woody with, like, Woody's <laughs> hands, like, three of my hands fit in one of his. <laughs> He's just like, boom, boom, holds them. Look, I'm just, I'm just telling you, I'm going to come over one time and just, just start serenading the family. Bring bring the violin. Yeah, that's what we'll Bring the violin yeah. over. We, we can do it all. We're going to have, like, a little, a little duo. Yeah, a little duo together. Uh, that would be be great. Thank you, Damian. Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst. Thanks so much for hanging out with us and uh, and dealing with this guy over here. It, it'll be all right. Sneak into it's your house. It'll be it'll be okay. Jamarcus Russell, man, I'm scared. I'm quarterback scarred. Over I'm scared. <laughs> I'm gonna come over and just sleep in the living room in a little like Raiders <laughs> sleeping bag. I might cry myself to sleep. Uh, we'll see. As we'll long see. as you play them some tunes while you're there. <laughs> uh, coming up next here on KJM, what would a national title do for Jim Harbaugh's legacy? We'll get into some college. Football here next. Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the more tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap live radio. ESPN radio everywhere you are. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Heather, thanks so much for joining us. Let's start off with Michigan here, Heather. Jim Harbaugh, if he is able to win a national title, what would this do for his legacy? Well, I think it would cement it and certainly prove a lot of the critics wrong. I mean, just remember, it wasn't that long ago that everyone had him on the hot seat. And there was the circus of the storyline about him in the NFL and not being able to beat Ohio State. And all of that has changed. The narrative surrounding Michigan has completely changed. So much so that I believe Michigan is now the team in the Big Ten to beat. And if Jim Harbaugh can cement that with a national title, I think he will elevate the program beyond the Big Ten and certainly back on the national stage at the highest level. I mean, you say Michigan's the team to beat, and it makes me think about last year, because right now, last year, there were real conversations about could Kirby Smart win a national title? Like, was he a capable coach? He's done that. Now we're having those same conversations about Ryan Day. So how much, how much pressure has shifted from Michigan to actually Ohio State in this situation? All of it. All of it has shifted to Ohio State. And not just Ryan Day, but C.J. Stroud as well. And they've acknowledged that every time they've spoken publicly leading up to this game. And if it's, I don't think it's fair. Let me put it that way. It's not fair. Because when you look at Ryan Day's overall record, it's outstanding. I want to say he's lost a total of, what, five games Five, right? And here we're having these conversations about if is he the best man for the job and all the criticism he's facing. But nonetheless, the expectations at Ohio State are different than any other school in the Big Ten, including Michigan. Because to me, it's the only program where it's national title or bust. At Michigan, it's always been win the Big Ten, win the Rose Bowl, win the Big Ten, win the Rose Bowl, right? And here we are talking about something different. At Ohio State, and this is all Urban Meyer's fault, it's been national title or bust. And Ryan Day is obviously at the heart of that conversation right now. But hey, look, he might have a chance to redeem himself, not just against Georgia, but against the team up north. Uh, That would be the ultimate uh, opportunity there for revenge on a national championship stage. Heather Dinich, ESPN college football reporter, joining us. All right, Heather, so you heard Fitz say it there. The pressure now off Kirby Smart on Ryan Day coming off, of course, of Georgia's title last season. What would it mean, though, for Kirby Smart if they're able to do it again this season? I think there's a lot of positive momentum around Georgia in saying they are the next Alabama. And to me, in order to truly earn that title, you have to do it as many times as Nick Saban has done it. You have to continue to win at that level. And I think he has absolutely put everything in place. Facilities, money, recruiting, you name it. Everything else, he's at that level. And he has won a national title. But to truly be the next Alabama you got to keep doing it over and over again. And I think if he were able to do this again back-to-back, I, I think that certainly cements that narrative. Hey, this is what he's done, and this is where he's going to continue to go, and he can stay there. 
So one of the best things about Heather Dinich is she makes all of us better at our job. She makes us smarter. I need you to do that for me now uh, because TCU is tough for me. Like, I've watched all of I went back and rewatched the games to get ready for the playoffs that we've got coming up. And there have been so many times that I thought they should lose, and all they did was turn around and win. So where's the line in figuring out how they can compete here for a team that may not be great or might be really plucky and know how to survive these games? I don't need to make you smarter because you just define TCU. I mean, that's who they are. That's their identity. And to me, so much of this is going to come down to the quarterbacks, Max Duggan and J.J. McCarthy. Who's going to make a mistake? Um, McCarthy has played so well down the stretch. Um, I mean, really proving a lot of critics wrong. Um, We saw Ohio State's defense give up so many big plays. Can they continue to do that against a TCU defense that has been really gritty, particularly in that secondary? Michigan is going to run the ball. Even without Blake Corum, we saw that's what they do. Can they continue to do that Um, particularly on third downs, and be able to get that yardage against this TCU defense. To me, that's going to be the difference in that game. Heather Dinich on with us. Heather, what would make the better story? A revenge game for Ohio State, maybe Harbaugh's first title, if we find Michigan and Ohio State in the national championship? Or would the better story be if TCU can make it there and maybe even win one, a team that wasn't ranked in the preseason that, frankly, nobody saw coming under a first-year head coach? Wow, that is a really great question. It's tricky, and I would say it depends on which fan base you ask, (laughs) right? TCU fans are like (laughs) hypnotoed all the way, but in my head personally as a reporter, the Ohio State-Michigan rematch and Harbaugh cementing that national title again. I mean, or even Ryan Day winning it and avenging the regular season loss to me is just, when you think about college football and you think about traditional historic rivalries and how much Ohio State has meant, Ohio State-Michigan has meant during the regular season to elevate that, I mean, it always means something. But to mean everything, to me, is the best possible storyline. Heather Dinich, she is our college football reporter here at ESPN. Heather, thanks so much for giving us some of your time. Thanks, Heather. Thanks. Thanks, guys. What would uh, be the better story to you? Because uh, for me, me, it's easy. Like, it's TCU, hands down. I mean, it's the team nobody saw coming. It's the Cinderella team. There is no story. Michigan, Ohio State, miss me with it if TCU could win a national title. No, no, no. See, here's I, like I'll always remember the first uh, title game I covered uh, was in Atlanta, and it was Alabama, Georgia. And I remember for two teams that already hated each other, it changed that day. Like the, the level of vitriol between those two programs changed that day. If you give us the game for a national title, it immediately becomes the most meaningful game in that rivalry's history ever i need that like i just want to see the chaos of those two fan bases battling each other in la oh injected in my mains uh no i will definitely take the cinderella story 
any day of the week. I mean, it's like a March Madness type story, this run from TCU. A lot of people want to compare it to Cincinnati. It ain't Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati could have seen coming. Nobody saw this coming from Sonny Dykes and his crew. In his first year at the helm there, who I think is the best coach in college football this season for what he's done. Max Duggan wasn't even the starter at the beginning of the season. He had lost that position for quarterback with TCU. So an unbelievable story. Uh, Coming up next, Derek Carr's story right now. Not so unbelievable. We're going to get into that next year on KJM. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.